Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Christian Parenting Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, what does healthy grief look like? It looks like feeling all the emotions and not avoiding them and pushing them down. It looks like engaging again in life and the things that you once enjoyed, but yeah, that it's still a struggle. And so, yeah, I, I have worked with people who have had terrible, terrible experiences with grief and sudden death or traumatic losses. They grieve well because they are tending to their grief, such as coming to therapy and really working through it. I mean, going to all the hard places. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me. And oh my goodness, how could it be the middle of December? That just does not even seem possible. And I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like December just speeds up and days go by at triple time. It just doesn't seem fair. I want it to all slow down, but I do hope that you are staying sane and enjoying the holidays. I know that the holidays can bring about, well, tons of excitement and anticipation all the magic of the season, but also for us moms, especially a lot of stress. And for many people, there is a sadness or a grief during the holidays. If you have lost someone you love or are anticipating loss or going through a hard time for many different reasons, the holidays can kind of expound that and, and bring up some real sad feelings. And today we want to talk about that. We have my friend, marriage and family therapist, Marcy Pecora with us today. And you're listening into a short clip from her at the beginning, but Marcy is an incredible woman. She helps many people walk through grief as well as other kinds of therapy in her work, but she also herself walked through um, a battle with cancer with her husband for five years before he passed, and now she has uh, been a widow, single mom to two kids who were quite young when her husband passed, and she spent the last 10 years dealing with her own grief, her children's grief, and walking through that, and now, of course, turning that into a blessing as she learns so much about the process and uses that to encourage and help others walk through it too. So I knew that this would be an important topic. I've heard from plenty of people who have a hard time during the holidays, who it's not all fun and games for them because a lot of rough feelings are brought up, but also the things that Marcy's going to share today are relevant throughout the whole year. This is so important. So if you're dealing with any kind of grief, and like we say in today's conversation, there are many kinds of grief. I hope you get a lot out of this. She shares some really practical encouragement and insight into the grief process. But if you're not going through grief right now, if you're in a good season, I still hope you will listen in because she gives some great advice for how to be a better friend or family member to someone else that's grieving. And also we need to keep in mind that we're all going to go through hard times. We're all going to go through loss in days to come. And I think we can store away some of the things that Marcy shares so that we are better equipped when that day comes. 
So guys, I'm really excited to share this interview and I do think it's timeless. I think that in the new year, it's going to be just as relevant. So if you can share this with anybody going through grief of any kind, I think that would be a blessing to them. Now, before I dive in, I do want to thank you just for being a part of this podcast community, but also I just want to give a little reminder that my book, Boy Mom, makes a great Christmas gift. If you know anybody that's got a little boy, maybe they're expecting a little boy, maybe they've got a teenager, whatever it might be, Boy Mom is a great gift and you can order it on Amazon and it'll probably show up the same day or tomorrow or something. In Hawaii, it takes a couple days. But um, I hope you'll consider that. And also, if you've already read Boy Mom and you haven't left an Amazon review, it would mean so much to me. That would be like a great Christmas gift for me. If you would go over to Amazon, you'll see where it says leave a review and just tap on those five stars or you can leave a few words about what you love about the Boy Mom book. So thank you for that. If somebody listening has not read Boy Mom or listened to it on Audible yet, then my goodness, get yourself a Christmas gift or maybe tell your husband that that's what you want for Christmas. But I hope that you can all listen. Hey, also fun news, if you didn't see on my Instagram post, Boy Mom is now also in German. So if you happen to have friends or family in Germany, or if you are a German speaking person, you can go to the German Amazon probably search for my name because the title of the book is a little bit different. It's in German and it's a really cute cover. I love how they did it, but it's super fun for me to know that people in Germany and who speak the German language can read Boy Mom in German. So I'm really excited about that. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well so you can track it down. Okay, friends. So now let's dive into this conversation with Marcy about grief during the holidays and all year long. I hope you can maybe take a nice walk or a drive or somehow pour yourself a cup of coffee and just feel like you are hanging out with Marcy and I having this conversation. I'll have a few final words to say at the end, but I hope you enjoy. Hey, Marcy, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Hi, thank you. So fun to have you here. So happy to be here. Well, it's such a treat for me to have somebody I know personally on the podcast. Often I'm excited to meet new people, but when I get to bring someone on that I know in real life and love, it is really special. And there's so much I love about Marcy, but I love her bangs for one thing. She inspires (laughs) me. (laughs) All the years that I had bangs and I would consider growing them out, I would see Marcy and I'd be like, no, I can't because I just love her bangs so much. And now that I grew mine out, I'm looking at her. You all can't see her, but we'll put a picture in show notes. And I'm like, makes me want to cut my bangs. <laughs> well, you have made me want to grow my bangs out when you no. like took the plunge. I know. <laughs> I, I can't it. believe I just took me to 50 years old to do it, but you've got a few more years. Why don't we start by letting you tell everyone a little about yourself, where you live, your family, and what you do. Okay. My name's Marcy. I live in Seal Beach, California. I love my little beach town. Um, I have two children, Lucia, who's 17, and Mateo, who's 14. They're awesome teenagers who Mm -hmm. I love to parent. I am a widow going on almost 10 years, which is crazy. Um, That's coming up January 1st. And I love family and friends and the beach and being active. And what do you do for your work life? Yeah, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I work for the Soul Restoration Project, which is a nonprofit. I see individuals, mostly some couples, um, some teenagers, and I see a variety of issues um, such as depression, anxiety, um, other mental health challenges, um, a lot of grief and loss. Yeah. Mostly work with young women in their 20s and 30s, but definitely see a range. Awesome. Yes. So Marcy and I go way back to um, meeting in Maui when uh, when she was living there and I was spending time there. Dave would do some extended kind of 
kind of internships when he was studying. We love Maui. But we have a mutual friend. Shout out to Libby, Tam and Libby. Tam was Dave's like bestie growing up. And Libby was one of your best friends growing up, right? Yep. They're in Seal Beach. And so we all yeah. met and got to spend some time together. And our husbands had a mutual love for windsurfing, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So why don't you take us all back? Can you kind of just share your story, marriage, Maui, windsurfing, and all of that? Yeah. Yes. Well, I um, met my husband at the airport, actually, the Maui airport. Um, I don't think I, was I know going, this story. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Now. I was going to Maui for Kelly's, um, my best friend's wedding, one of my best friends. And I was going for the summer. and. Um, Long story short, he was picking up his brother at the airport. I was arriving with my girlfriends and he had known um, a mutual friend, Kelly's husband. And so we were introduced and um, I was there for three months. So it was kind of like, yay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Summer romance. Summer romance. He didn't speak a ton of English. Spanish was his first language. He was from Argentina and um, it was really fun. We definitely hung out a lot that summer, and he was a windsurfer, so that's why he was in Maui, um, just enjoying was, his sport. Was he a professional windsurfer, or was he just he, there for fun? Yeah, no, he wasn't professional, but he- That's um, really good. Just Maui being the best place in the world for windsurf, he was enjoying life. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so for me, I it became, I was in college in California, so it became how do I make- this relationship work. So we were visiting back and forth. I still had two years left of school in Long Beach. Um, and then I moved over after I graduated. And um, we eventually got married and stayed living in Maui, which was a dream mm -hmm. <laughs> to live there. Yeah. And um, you had it, like a bunch of friends who had also made the move, right? Yeah. All these California yeah. girls living in Maui. So yeah, fun. we definitely um, all fell in love with the lifestyle and we eventually <laughs> moved over there. <laughs> right. Well, we lived there for, I, I guess it was about 10 years and had one child and then we had a second child. Mm -hmm. And um, while I was pregnant, he, my husband was um, starting to experience strange symptoms that we were looking into. And, and so by the time we had our son, Mateo, and he was about, we had him and then he was three months. My husband was diagnosed with stage four cancer and, um, it was devastating and scary and yeah, all those mm. words, shocking. Yeah. yeah. And so from there, stage four is pretty serious. There wasn't probably a whole lot of hope given to you right away. Nope. There was actually no hope given. Mm, mm. Um, and I, you know, I remember standing there in our living room. I was getting the news because we didn't, we didn't, we had no clue about cancer. We were young and he, my husband had called to tell me the results over the phone because he thought it wasn't going to be a big deal. I didn't go with him. So I had, you know, my three month old and a baby Bjorn, I think. And Lucia was two and a half kind of down at my side. And it was like, you know, mm. unbelievable yeah. what I was hearing. And they were yeah. telling him right away, you're going to have to go to the mainland for treatment. We can't treat this type of cancer here. And it's, it's already stage four and you, you need to go soon. So it was, it was like a complete um, whirlwind. Yeah. Um, I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine. Yeah. And so how quickly did you make your way to the mainland? It was pretty quick. My mom flew out um, to our home and um, within two weeks, we, you know, we had some options in California. We had UCLA, City of Hope. And within two weeks, we packed up, we pretty much packed up our life and our community, our friends, mm -hmm. our jobs, and just said goodbye, really without the intention of coming back because it was so advanced when it was found. Yeah. So that was it. We got on a plane and kind of felt like we were escaping from, you know, yeah. craziness. And right. We, yeah. But craziness stayed with you as you 
left, right? It didn't go away. Yeah. Yeah, So he battled for about four and a half years. um, And and then January 1st of 2012, he died. So stage Um, four, that's still a long time that he was able to keep fighting. Oh, yeah. It was definitely miracle after miracle that we we could even see while while we were in the middle of it all we we saw god's hand um because actually after just 5 months of chemo he went into full remission mm-hmm. i remember which, that yeah it was it was like unheard of yeah yeah so we had ups and downs throughout and there was hope in the midst yes. and then there was so much hope and and really who he was, the person who he was, um, very upbeat, very positive, very um, like childlike faith. We enjoyed life every single day. And I was oh, just I'm thinking so of bad. that, thinking about having a newborn that I don't really feel like I missed out on, mm. on just that joy of a baby. Mm, good. It, it could have been that way, right? Of like, this is a, you know, going to doctor's appointments and I mean, crazy life. But we we really lived in the moment. Yeah, that's how I remember him. Mm-hmm. Was and a great dad. Yeah, so much oh, fun. Yeah. And your son yeah. remembers him, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they both do, and we thank God. I thank God and attribute it to him being present for the really formidable years, the first five years of their lives. And right. Yes. Yeah. And Lucia was a bit older, so she yeah. probably really has the memories. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and, my goodness. And yeah, we still talk about him all the time. And Good. um I try to keep him and his spirit present often. Every day. Sometimes. Yeah. And this will be 10 years. Yes. Which again is unbelievable. Thank you for sharing your story. I followed through those years in prayer and from a distance, but, um, I remember the ups and downs and celebrating and then praying. And so you are well acquainted with grief and personally, but then from there, maybe walk us through a little bit how that led to the work you do today and, and what was the process you went through from that devastating loss to now being such a blessing in other lives. Yeah. So I was, before I had kids, I was a middle school teacher and it was great. Um, And when, after my husband passed away and I thought about returning to some type of work, um, I just didn't feel like I was called back into teaching at all. And um, I was starting to have these experiences. Um, I'll share more about this after, but I, I did um, a grief group. Mm Mm-hmm after about two months. And then we went to a family camp, a grief family camp, me and my kids up in the mountains. And, and so I had that. And then I had these three friends who were therapists, um, who just really sat with me and were so, um, curious and concerned about my mental health and, um, really in a way that no one has ever spoken into me before. And so I just kind of wheels started turning like, oh, Mm -hmm. I really am curious about this profession. And then at the same time, I started meeting people, um, widows in particular, who were um, struggling, going through similar things to me. And one day in particular, I sat with one person for like two hours. And then I had another coffee date with a friend for two hours. And then a third, all in one day. Wow. It was, wow. It was like eight hours of, of um, talking and hanging out with people, talking about grief and loss and um, mental health. Mm-hmm. And I just had this feeling of like- Your, your can, career had begun. <laughs> yeah, I can do this. Like yeah. this doesn't feel heavy to me. It actually feels life-giving to talk with people. And so after about a year, I think it was a year after he died, I started taking um, courses because I was completely shifting gears. Um, And I think, let's see, so I started taking courses. And I think by two years after I entered a master's program in clinical psychology. And then then the journey began, which was a very long, long journey. Right. School. Yeah. Yeah, that took a lot of grit and determination for you to get through that while being 
you know, a single mom and grieving. And, yes. Oh, yeah. And, and selfishly, my program felt like therapy the whole three years because it's so it's so intentional and it's so much about processing your own stuff mm. before you can enter into other people's lives. Um, so it really felt like an intense three years of um, like a very therapeutic experience. Wow. I love that. That is so great. And I think I've heard you say the grieving isn't done. You're 10 years out and there's still some hard times. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I will say this to my clients and people I meet is, well, the grieving does continue and it shifts and it changes through the years. Um, but even even this season of fall, it's when my husband, um, right before he passed, started going downhill. Um, it was like October. And so every year, even when the season changes and the weather and the, the air changes and the lighting of the sun, um, I start feeling it in my body. And it's like and everyone reminder. else is all excited about fall and celebrating mm-hmm. and pumpkin spice, this and that. Oh, and you're, oh yeah. Yeah. You're I'm having... feeling it still. It's not as strong as it was in the past, but it's, it's just a reminder that our body holds on to a lot. So yeah, it's I'm still feeling it. And if you are parenting through grief, every developmental stage that they hit, grief kind of swings back in. So whether it's um, graduating from elementary school, starting a new school, um, starting sports, getting a license, it, anything they go through, it's like a new kind of wave of grief of like, dad's not here. We're doing this without him. We this feels different than everybody else, right? So it's um, parenting through grief um, is so difficult in a lot of ways. Wow. Well, I just appreciate not only you sharing your story, but you being willing now to share some some advice, wisdom, tips, uh, because I have heard from so many people over time who instead of it being excited at the holidays, or maybe they are excited at the holidays, but there is an underlying grief because whether they've lost a parent or whether they're personally suffering from maybe some medical condition themselves or with COVID, I think that there's loss that's different now that, you know, maybe just loss of relationships or the ability to connect with people. But I think that there's so many different forms of grief And I just thought it would be such a gift to the boy mom listeners if you could share maybe, you know, from from your profession as well as your experience, some just general wisdom. And for those of us who aren't walking through grief right now to keep in mind that one day we will, we all do Mm -hmm. eventually. And also most of us know somebody who is walking through grief right now and they might not even talk about it. Maybe it's been 10 years, but you know that they've been through something that still stings. And so what I'm hoping is as you share a few, um, just pieces of advice for all of us, or maybe just help us understand grief a little bit better that we can either, you know, apply it to our own lives or maybe use it to be a better friend, a better relative, something. So do you mind just walking us through some general principles here? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, something you said just reminded me of how to be a good friend as someone who is walking through grief. Um, and I, I just read this the other day. It was a statement of, you know, what do you say to someone who's grieving? Mm. The simple statement of, um, we can talk about your special person today for five years and 10 years and 20 years. Like there's no limit of time um, where we can't keep on remembering. Mm. Um, and that's what a, a grieving person really needs. Yeah. So when I read that, it's like, yes, that is, it's true. And so, um, yeah, just kind of begin with that. I I love that. I'm going to jump into that too, because I named all different situations, but also I, I remember going through a miscarriage before my first son and feeling like there was a lot of support poured out maybe for a few days. And then a week or two later, it was like everyone else had moved on. And I had this just really weird feeling like, but wait, it's still there. You can't, it's, this is too fast to just move on and forget about it. And so 
uh, I happen to know a few people right now going through, you know, the the grief of miscarriage. And so that makes me think even of that, of occasionally bringing up that child that you're grieving still, whether it's been even months or years. So I love that. Yeah. And it could be as simple as how is it for you right now when, you know, so-and-so is pregnant or it's just some curious thoughts or questions, or it could be you just letting them know like, Hey, I think about you sometimes. And I remember, um, just letting you know, we can talk about it if you want to, or need to. I love that. Um, And we don't do that enough. I know I get awkward. I don't know. I I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. So thank you. And I get awkward too, even after going through (laughs) so much grief and loss myself, it still feels awkward at times. But you're saying better to say something than to not say something. Yeah. Thank you. Definitely. I guess the first thing I I would like to start with is um, there's so many emotions that that people feel while grieving. Um, and, And just to remind people that everything you feel is normal. Um, grief can, can make you feel like you're going crazy. Um, but you're not. And then just, yeah, the reminder that everything you feel is normal. So whether you're feeling one day peace or one day rage or even resentment Mm -hmm. or, um, hope, like all of those feelings are okay. And, um, and just the reminder that it's okay to feel, and there's, there's so much grace in that. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah. Because grief can feel, can feel like you are going crazy. Um, and when I was in that grief group, that was amazing. They would start every group with saying all feelings, all grief feelings are normal and mm. you're not going crazy. Oh, I love that. And it was like, I kind of needed to hear that. Yeah. I bet. Um, because something happens even in your brain where yeah. you don't, you don't feel right. It's yes. like a feeling of like, I'm not okay. Something is yes. Like wrong. Yes. Um, oh, so, that's so good. And so we just kind of mentioned it, but people who are grieving really like to talk about their special person and remember them. Um, and so not being afraid to say their name um, or memories, even like you just did, Monica, when you were remembering Fede. Um, it's so special when people have... Um, old memories to share, mm-hmm. um, or even a picture. I still have people who will show me or tell me they have pictures of us that I've never seen before, um, and it's really cool. I bet. Yeah, so you have it, to look through my old pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah let, so. let me know if you have. Any. Um, so it's he was actually, a handsome guy too. Oh, he was so <laughs> handsome! I know, and and I get to see my, I see him in my son. So the the. It lives, the handsomeness lives on. I love it. Um, but yes, it's it's actually more painful when close friends or family or colleagues out of their own discomfort uh, fail to mention your special person. And this is something I hear often when I'm working um, with grieving people, that they're almost shocked that close family members won't mention their special person. And it feels really isolating. And so reminder that it's really needed. Okay. Okay. Can I ask you then for somebody who is grieving, if somebody doesn't bring it up, would you say, just, just bring it up yourself? Would you say, just talk to those who are around you? Maybe it's holiday gathering and no one's saying anything. Good idea. Yeah. Well, I think it depends on your personality, Um, but yeah, I would definitely say if you're the person grieving to keep on talking about it and keep on remembering. And, um, you know, people do lots of things during the holidays to remember, such as like lighting a candle at the table, um, which I love. Some people will like, some people still set like a, a place setting, but, or, or a small picture or um, just going around and saying memories. So, I mean, it could be a variety of things, but it's so important to remember. And there's actually a word for it called continuing bond. Mm. And so it's a way to continue your relationship with that person. Um, And it could be, you know, having a picture in the house where you walk by and you say like, 
hi, <laughs> good yeah. morning, or I miss you, or yeah. yeah. So there's lots of different ways, but um, yeah, continuing the bond is important. Awesome. I love yeah. that. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I want to pause here real quick to thank this episode's sponsor, which is the Dwell Bible app. Now, I've been a fan of Dwell for quite a while now, but oh my goodness, during these holidays, I am so enjoying and appreciating every morning getting up, getting my nice yummy hot cup of coffee, and then sitting down with my Christmas tree in view and listening to scripture being read to me. The wonder plan is just all of these scriptures that prepare your heart for the Advent and it couldn't be more beautiful. So often throughout it, I will just pause and reread the scripture and meditate on it. And it's just been one of my goals this year is to slow my heart down, not rush through my devotions and just check them off a list, but to really dwell with the Lord. And that's exactly what happens when I'm reading scripture, or I should say listening to, you can read along if you want to, it's either way, but I just love the plans and this wonder plan has been wonderful. Now, if you want to check out the Dwell Bible app, there's a link in show notes, but you can also go directly to dwellapp.io forward slash boy mom. When you use that link, you will get a 10% off a yearly subscription or 33% off dwell for life. So again, go to dwellapp.io forward slash boy mom, check it all out. You're going to love the, the sleep playlists as well as all the other listening plans. And coming here in December is the new International Children's Bible, which is something I've never heard of before. It is children reading the Bible for our children, and that is something super special you want to check out. So guys, I think you're going to love the Dwell Bible app. All my friends who use it are like big fans, and I think you will be too. So find that link in show notes, and don't wait. You want to do it before the holidays. And now we're going to get back to our conversation with Marcy. Well, next big one that comes up, you know, especially during the holidays, but all throughout the year with important dates, such as anniversaries, birthdays, um, the death day or the, yeah, some people say angelversary. I don't usually (laughs) use that term, but um, is to have a plan for the holiday ahead of time, knowing ahead of, of time of what you're comfortable with or having a safe person, a friend or a family member that can be with you or go with you mm-hmm. and that they can check in on how you're doing. Um, but again, I see this at, at my work or through my work is on your special person's birthday um, to plan ahead. Do you want Do you want to go out to dinner with friends? Do you want to be alone with your children? Do you want to, um, you know, go and release balloon or whatever, whatever comes Mm -hmm. to mind, Mm -hmm. but just knowing ahead of time that you have something set up that you want to do is really important. And I think for the first, uh, I think it was like five years, maybe, um, on the anniversary of his death, we would go to the same restaurant with my parents and my kids. And it was great because I just knew I was with safe people and we could talk about him and, Mm. um, we kind of, you know, made our own tradition. Yes. And yeah, that's I'm awesome. like, wow, I think we stopped doing that now, which Ooh. is, you know, it's strange how things change, but yes, um, this year, oh, you know, another thing we do every year is we go on a hike with some friends mm. and their kids. And we've done that for years now. And so, yeah, that's because that that's, day, that's a yeah. new year's day, right? So that's yes. an easy one for people to remember. Yes, it is easy, but that's, it's such a hard day. Um, in general, I mean, for me, but, but it's such a celeb- celebratory day that, um, it's been really good to have a plan mm, on that day. I can imagine. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So another one is, this isn't a professional term, but something I, I came up with, a, with a few other, um, widow friends, but, um, that it's okay to cocoon Mm. yourself or stay in your safe environment or with safe people as long as you need. And this is often the first six months, three, six months, depending on the type of loss and depending on how well a person is, is kind of, um, managing. Um, but cocooning just really means being with your safe people. And so 
you know, especially during the holidays, but it could even just be you need a night to be with friends where, where you feel safe to mm-hmm. just be you. Yeah. And if you need to fall apart or if you need to just laugh or mm-hmm. um, whatever it is. But I found for myself and working with clients is it's really hard to be social in the beginning. Um, even church can feel really triggering, mm-hmm. um, really triggering and isolating even. Um some people don't feel that, but but oftentimes it's just hard to enter back into your normal routine of things. And I imagine some people have someone in their life, like I'm such a go-go. I could imagine saying to someone, you just need to get out and do something. You just need to, you just need to. And so you're saying, no, you don't just need to. You need to tell those people to chill and you're going to yeah. do what you need to do because you know best. Yeah. Well, I think you're right though. I think it's about giving yourself, um, the permission to say, it's okay. If I don't feel like doing this, it's okay. And maybe the friend, instead of saying like, you need to, maybe the friend says, Hey, you know, going on a walk can help. Would you like, would you like me to go with you on a walk or, you know, hiking can be so helpful. Do you feel like hiking? Right. Um, Here's an option. If you want it, it's there. And if mm -hmm. not, and is there a time where the cocooning gets unhealthy? And I'm thinking like a more severe depression or like you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. You're not able to do oh, daily functions. Totally. Such a good question. And I would say yes. Um, and that it's a fine line because you don't really know. Um, I, I guess it's just hard to know what's going on in someone's head, right? <laughs> and I, I guess when to seek help or when to seek therapy would be if a person is not able to rejoin their life in ways that they they once did um, with work or socially um, and seeing friends. And so, yes, if they're not getting back to a level of functioning that's healthy, um, and I would say six months to a year, really be because the type of death um, Really, it really depends on the type of death. Um, I have worked with people with sudden, sudden death, sudden loss that is so traumatic. It takes at least a year to to get back to some semblance of normality. Um, but in my case, where there was a lot of preparation for my husband's death, a lot, like almost five years, it was very different for me um, because I did a lot of. Like anticipatory grief. Sure. Oh, and that's got to um, be its own kind yeah. of grief. There's somebody listening, right. I'm sure, who's walking through that right now. Yeah. Anticipatory grief is. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was, you know, from the moment we got the diagnosis, it started really, but um, but it, it could be crippling. And so I did have a, a therapist friend who told me at one point, don't, do not grieve what you have not lost yet. And it really was a reminder, though, that Fede is right here, right now, and I am going to like be in the moment um, and not fully grieve Mm -hmm. um, yet. So, yeah, I would say if people are not, in terms of your questions about is cocooning kind of going too long, I I would say really after six months to a year, if people aren't rejoining life in some way, maybe there would be some concern. But you're probably going to recommend people consider counseling or therapy or group therapy regardless. Right. And so if, if loss, is that something you would say, because then somebody can help you figure out what you're dealing with if this is. Yes. Yeah. Well, I would say most people don't need therapy after, um, after loss. Coming from a therapist. I would. Surprising me. I would say that because, um, grief and loss is normal. Um, and so, it's normal to feel terrible and it's, okay. it's normal to feel grief feels like depression. Um, and a long time ago in the past, doctors would prescribe um, antidepressants right away when people were grieving. Um, but they realized that normal grief couldn't then take place because they were really muting their grief. And so it's kind of swung to not prescribing medication for at least six months. Um, and interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's not, and not in every case, but um, I would say most people, 
they grieve, whether it's healthy or not, is the question. Um, and so, yeah, what does healthy grief look like? It, it looks like feeling all the emotions and not avoiding them and pushing them down. It looks like engaging again in life and the things that you once enjoyed, but um, yeah, that it's still a struggle. And so, yeah, I, I have worked with people who have had terrible terrible experiences with grief and sudden death mm -hmm. um, or traumatic losses, they grieve well because they are tending to their grief, such as coming to therapy um, and really working through it. I mean, going to all the hard places. Um, so of, of course, I do think everyone could benefit from sure, <laughs> going sure. I to mean, therapy for right. sure, um, but not everybody does. So, but grief groups um, can be very helpful and they're often very low cost or free. Um, and the grief group I was part of, it was eight, I think eight or 10 sessions. Um, and I really just learned about what grief is mm -hmm. and how, what's normal, what's not normal. Oh, and it was so helpful. Wow. I love that. But but I also really appreciate that you're saying not everybody needs therapy necessarily because what you're doing for me is just normalizing when my day comes to grieve whatever it might be to know that feeling awful is normal. That's oh, just yeah. really, really important. And I'm so glad you said that. But I also am such a believer in, in counseling and therapy and know that most of us could benefit on a good day. So oh, definitely. Yes. So, yeah. so, you know, def definitely if it's something somebody feels like they would benefit from, do it. But I, I, and I also love the group idea. I think that's really a neat way to yeah. yes. walk through um, it. Yeah. I, it was so, so helpful good. for me. So good. If there's anything else you want to add, if not, I would love to hear some of your, um, what you would say about signs you know you're doing better. Some of the indicators that tell you that you're actually uh, starting to get healthy. And, and you named one, I think, that you just occurred to you about New Year's Day in the restaurant you used to go to. And you're like, wait, we don't really do that anymore. Right. Right. And I thought that was really cool to go, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it happens. It's like you don't realize um, that you're kind of getting to the other side. Um, and I often say that with clients. It feels like it's this long journey and and people are just wanting to get to the other side of grief. Um, and it it actually happens at some point where you have more of a handle on on grief. Um, and so, yeah, some some indicators that may show that you're making progress in your grief um, would be that you're starting to have more good days than bad days. Um, I remember at the beginning of my grief story, I often, I would feel really nauseous the first few weeks um, and, you know, really hard to function and, and, and it, it, it would dissipate um, and then come back, but that it finally went away. But I would notice that I would go lay down. Um, I just had to like excuse myself from the kids often and like kind of go lay down and like regroup. That slowly went away as well. Um, and so kind of like this, this realizing, oh, I'm having, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm having some good days is, is, you know, a great sign that you're progressing. Another one, this may sound really simple, but sleep patterns returning to normal, um, when I was in a grief group, they would ask every week, how is your sleep? And um, I didn't realize how important sleep was and how affected it was by grief. Um, and so when your sleep patterns start to return to normal, and that can be months, it could be many months, but um, that's a, a sign. Right. Um, Did you just have insomnia? Were you waking up in the night? I'm just, sleep's an issue yeah. for me, so I'm always interested. Yeah. Yes. You know, actually the, the second night after my husband was diagnosed and I was starting to go down a really dark path um, and panicking, I read a verse in Psalms that talked about, about sleeping. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. Sorry. I can't, I'll have to find, find which one it is. I should know it, but I prayed that every There's night. A few good ones. Yeah. Um, I prayed that every night and I felt like my sleep was like blessed through most of our journey. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But also after his death, I, I prayed that same prayer and, um, and felt like I did okay um, for the most part. But it, it is more of like, it's very difficult to, to go to sleep at night. The night can seem really scary um, and being alone, um, alone in your grief. Um, you know, as a married person, that's the time you're kind of reconnecting after the day. Mm -hmm. And so that sleep was just really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, waking up in the night felt scary. I, it just felt scary for me. Um, and yeah, it kind of balanced out again at some point. Mm, I love that. Let's see, you know, something often I talk about with clients is feeling like life goes from black and white back to color. It's like a really tangible feeling. In the beginning, it feels so black and white, like so gray um, life. And yeah, as joy starts to come back in, um, I've had many clients who resonate with that, like, oh, I'm seeing color again. Another one is experiencing feelings of optimism about the future. And, or hope, I kind of see it as hope, but, um, that there's a, a point in time when most people <laughs> begin to have goals and hope and think about things they want to do such as, Oh, I would love to go on a trip. Hmm. Um, and, and so when that starts to happen, um, it's a good sign that, yeah. that you're making progress in your grief. Uh, um, I love that. And this is just a really big one, but when you remember, um, your person or, or memories, they are positive versus mm. experiencing them as grief triggers. Mm. Um, that one is wow. really big because yeah. oftentimes you have, you're stuck with the image of how you either saw them last or your, your last interaction. And it's very traumatic often. Mm. Um, and that can go on for many, many months. And at some point it switches to just remembering the positive or wow. the, the happy that's, memories. Yeah. That's got to be a good moment. Yeah. And again, oh. it can go on many months. And sure. And I'm sure that the years. other kind might creep back in and you might have Definitely. a spell of, of the yucky grief. And then you are right. Yeah. Okay. So before we wrap up, yeah. for anyone who's listening and really in it right now, do you have some coping mechanism, something, especially during the holidays, that is just a healthy way? And and some people are going to be listening who are alone yeah. or separated oh. from a loved one. I, I yeah. just feel my heart goes out to anyone who has a loved one who's suffering from COVID in the hospital and you can't visit. It might be a parent or a friend or a spouse. So there's a lot of really unique situations that I can't imagine what are some things people can do in the midst of their grief right now? Yeah, such heavy grief um, if people are alone in it. Um, and I almost feel at a loss for words <laughs> for how dark that could feel. I would say um, getting back to exercising. This may sound so basic, but walking and walking and walking um, is one of the best coping skills anyone can do if you're able to walk. And it's such an anxiety reliever. And, you know, I, I'm very lucky to live by the beach, but putting your feet in sand and grounding yourself um, to the earth is so helpful. Um, and it doesn't have to be the beach. It literally can be walking on grass also. Um, so I'm, I'm very big in exercising for awesome. um, grief. Um, you know, one thing that I would say helped our very first year, whole year was I would write down memories and I would put them in a little box. And, you know, the first year is so filled with so many memories, mm -hmm. um, and you know, good and bad, but I would write the good ones down, anything that came to mind, whether it was a dream a thought, a memory, whether my, it was mostly my kids too. They would say things randomly mm. and I would just go write it down and date that. it and put it yeah. in a little box. And, you know, they may never look at it, but I still have it to remember. I really, that helped me, um, to remember journaling. I mean, of course we always say journaling is helpful, but it is so helpful when you have so much in your mind and your, in your brain to get it out onto paper. Yeah. 
and art. Um, and art therapy. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, art therapy is so great. I'm not super artistic, but for people who are, um, well, thank God for coloring be. books. That's what I say. Cause I'm yes. not adult coloring books. I'm like, I can oh, totally. do this. Oh, I can totally color. Yes. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll just add in breathing techniques. I mean, it's like so therapeutic, right? As we always tell people to breathe. There are so many things you can find on YouTube, short breathing or long. And, you know, just oxygenate, oxygenating the body is so important. Um, and so if it's something you can find on YouTube or just something you do on your own, like deep mm-hmm. breaths, mm-hmm. very, very helpful. I bet. I love that. Okay. Do you have, and you can give it to me later and we can put it in show notes if you don't know off the top of your head, but any resources that you would point someone to if they want to just really dive in and and maybe take some steps towards growing through their grief right now, a book or a website or any resource? Yes. Well, I'll just share whatsyourgrief.com is my most favorite website for grief. They have so cool. They have all the different types of uh, resources for all the different types of grief. Awesome. Whether, whether you're, you've lost a child, um, a parent, a spouse. um, And it's just very, very helpful. I love it. What's your grief? Um, Another, and we can, yeah, do this in the show notes, but this one is, was by far my favorite while my husband was sick. It's prayers and promises when facing a life-threatening illness by Ed Ed Dobson, and it was literally a lifesaver. Um, and then my last very favorite book is um, A Grace Disguised. Mm, yeah, I know that book, and I will link to it. Like number one favorite oh, book. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And if someone's in the Seal Beach area, maybe we can link to you in case they'd like to talk to you more about grief. Well, yeah. Yeah. My office is right next door in in Long Beach and I I see clients in person and I also see clients all throughout California online. Awesome. Marcy, thank you so, so much. And just really appreciate you being willing to share and encourage and offer all these good tips and resources. So thanks so much for being with us, Marcy. Have a wonderful Christmas season. Mele Kalikimaka. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, friends. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And I hope you found some encouragement either to be a better friend or family member to somebody who is walking through grief right now, or if you yourself are, then I hope this gave you some encouragement, some hope, and that you know you're not alone. And I invite you, if you are walking through grief and you want someone to pray for you, you want to share your story, you are welcome to email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com. I promise to pray for you if you share your story. I'll reply if I'm able to, but just know that anytime I receive an email like that, I promise to pray. And I just want to encourage you to hang in there, to um, keep believing that better days are ahead because they are, and to reach out to a friend as well. Don't walk through this alone. Be sure to talk to somebody. And again, I'm here for you, so shoot me an email. Uh, But um, I just want to encourage you to find all the joy and magic of the holiday season. Most importantly, the fact that God sent his son, Jesus, to be here on this earth and to make a way for us to have eternity with him. So let's keep our focus on the most important thing in Jesus this season. All right. So thank you guys for being here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha and mele kalikimaka. Maka.